Welcome to the Which Was Better podcast, where we discuss and decide which was better, the book or the movie. I'm your host, Lisa, and this week, to wrap up Christmas in July, we are going to dive into a Hallmark favorite, The Nine Lives of Christmas. And I'm super excited to welcome back Emma, author of the hilarious Hallmark blog, The Hall Remark. Hi, Emma. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm excited about this movie, for Um, sure. Yes, I have to say that from the first moment I started planning for this podcast and like kind of outlining the books I knew I at least wanted to cover um, at the beginning, this was on the top of my list and I knew I couldn't do it with anyone but you. I am very honored. (laughs) Thank you so much. I got to get with Emma and be like, you have to do this with me. And I, even if I have to like force you and bribe you, because I was like, there's no other person that I can do this with. <laughs> it's just you. I mean, you've got fan art for it. I do. Oh my gosh. I've never speaking thought of it of, as fan art, but yes, it is. <laughs> so speaking of, if y'all are interested in some fan art, you can find it. It's, it's, I think it's still on the um, Hallmarkies podcast T public store. And it's really cute. I've got, a sticker of it and I put it on it's like a vinyl sticker and I put it on a coffee a reusable coffee mug and at Christmas I do use it that makes my day <laughs> I love that I have a it's t-shirt of the cats. yeah right okay because that's what I think I need next I have I need the the t-shirt but it's of the cats it's of Ambrose and Queenie and it's so cute y'all so Thank if you. you haven't seen it go check it out uh so I think I know the answer to this question but I'm just going to ask anyways What came first for you, the book or the movie? (laughs) Well, I watched this when it first premiered in 2013. I watched the movie. Yes, I had just gotten back from my honeymoon. And my (gasps) husband and I watched it and we were just so happy. We usually just, we were at that time, we'd sit there and pick apart Hallmark movies. But we fell in love with it. And like, actually... um, this movie was the first time I ever tweeted about a Hallmark movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, so, I had no idea. Yes, I I tweeted something really pretty cheesy, but I said, a Hallmark Christmas movie in Cat Santa does exist. And then like <laughs> a Hallmark channel liked it or retweeted it, and I thought that I was famous. I could not believe that Hallmark channel paid attention to me, and then I realized they like and retweet anything positive. <laughs> But for the like minute, I thought that I was really cool. <laughs> You're like, this is it. I've made it. I've peaked and yeah. it's all happened. But you know, what's funny though, is they do retweet a lot. And sometimes I don't think they retweet some of the things that are read some of the things before they retweet. Cause they've, <laughs> they've retweeted some, some stuff in their time. And I'm like, what? <laughs> they retweeted me once where I was kind of making fun of the movie. And then like a minute later, they unretweeted unretweeted it <laughs> somebody was like wait a minute i was like oh, no, I <laughs> oh my gosh that's awesome okay first of all uh i am so impressed that you watched this when it first came out i did not know that yes. and like when it first premiered and um second of all i love i freaking love that story about you and your husband coming back and both loving it mm-hmm. it's amazing <laughs> we watch it every year together that's a, oh, do you own it? Because I own uh, it. Yeah, I own it on DVD, but I also have it saved on my DVR. Same. So I have it on DVD because I found it. I think I found it on Amazon once for like six bucks. And I was like, duh. Oh, that's yeah. That's happening. Quickest $6 ever spent for sure. Yeah. And I think Amber um, from the OG um, Hallmarkies pod bought like 
five or six copies and like gave them out as presents one year because she got them all for like five or six bucks on Amazon. I, I love that she did that. <laughs> so this movie is popular. Like it, it's, I think it's one of the most, like when people ask like, what's your favorite Hallmark Christmas movie? I think it's a tie between this one and the Christmas card from the Hallmark movies and mysteries channel. I say that's correct. Very Merry right? Mix-Up comes in there a lot, too. Right. Because I always hear about this one and the Christmas card, which... Yeah. Look, y'all, don't at me. I'm not a fan <laughs> of the Christmas card. There, I said it. Oh, we've that's, talked about this. I know yes. you're not. <laughs> that's Lisa saying it, not Emma, just for the record. Well, and don't at me. I mean, that's two each their own. See, like, the Christmas card was one that I watched with my husband that we did poke fun of the whole time. So it's just, like, a really good memory for me. Like, gotcha. we watch it for fun. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like a, we watch it to, I don't know, have feelings in our heart. It <laughs> came out gross. That's amazing. <laughs> well, there are people that are super devoted to it. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. Don't, don't at me. Okay. Ed, Ad I mean, Ed Asner is great in it, though. I'm just going to say that. Yes. Okay. He's great in that everything. is true. <laughs> yeah. He's great. I'm like, duh, it's Ed Asner. Um, so. Okay, because for me, I watched this. I don't remember the year. I know I didn't watch it when it premiered, um, but I watched, I watched it, you know, a few years ago, and I remember catching it like halfway, and I'm like, oh, that's Superman. And I'm like, <laughs> great, I'm in. And then I'm watching it more, and I'm like, oh my god, I love this. And then I love this. Oh, I love this even more. And yeah, and then I was hooked. And every time it came on, I tried to catch it, and then it became a staple. And I think that's the way a lot of people feel about it. Like they'll Hallmark will run it all the time mm -hmm. anytime there's a a, a a time to show christmas movies it always shows up it always comes out it's a fan favorite so i'm super excited to be talking about it and like i said as soon as i dreamt up this little podcast idea with you actually because i think you're the first person i ever messaged and i was like am i think about i'm thinking i might be doing this podcast and you were like yes i was i loved <laughs> the idea i was so excited for you so I appreciate you being with me in the long haul. And of course. Yeah. So um, now as the book, I had heard before I even read it that it was about the cat mm -hmm. and not about the people. And so I put off reading it for a very long time because I'm being snobby here when I say I wasn't very interested in reading a book through the eyes of a cat. <laughs> but, I was 50-50 on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that it's less cat than I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested to get your overall thoughts. Like movie aside, I know it's hard to put the, cause they're so intertwined and the movie is so in with us, but yeah. what did you think about the book on its own? I, like you said, I was um, expecting it to all be the cat narrating. So I was really caught off guard when there were two other narrators. Um, it's hard when I'm so in love with a movie, you know, yeah. to <laughs> read the book. I don't know how much more I should say right now. Okay. It was a book that I read. <laughs> That's amazing. I want that on a shirt. It was a book that I read. That's awesome. Okay, like, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm, okay, I'm just going to get this out, put this out here. I okay. am an unpublished author. I have been rejected by four different publishers for my first manuscript. I want to be a writer. Okay. Yes. And 
I, I don't feel like I really have a whole lot of business critiquing someone who's gotcha. published like dozens of books. It yeah, just I get wrong. it. So I try not to put a lot of ill words into the world world when it comes to writing because I know your heart and soul that goes into it. But I will say that I did have some issues. And that's, that's all I'm going to say right now. I appreciate your candor. And yes, um, it is hard because I try and walk a line. I don't ever want to be mean. Mm-hmm. And even if I'm, even if whether it's a book or a movie or a song or a piece of art, it's somebody's life that yes. they took time, you know, and it's like their passion or what they're drawn to creatively. And so I never want to make somebody feel bad, mm-hmm. but we all, we all, you know, view things and have opinions about things very differently. And I think that's why these conversations are fun and interesting because what I like, somebody else might be like, are you kidding me? And then what they like, I'm, you know, vice versa. So I will say this, that I, I was skeptical picking up the book just because I heard so much about the cat point of view. And mm-hmm. like I said, I wasn't super into it. I was pleasantly surprised that it was more Zach than the cat. Like, you know, we got more of, of firefighter Zach than any, you know, than the cat. Uh, but I will say that I thought overall there was a lot more telling in this book instead of showing. Okay. And for me personally, as a reader, I like, you know, I like a lot more. Um, don't tell me, show me, like, show me examples. I just felt like it, it, there was a lot that happened in this book. It, a lot more than happens in the movie and I thought it was very packed together and I would have liked to have maybe explored some of the other things that happen in the book (laughs) that you don't make it into the movie but that's it I'm not saying it was good I'm not saying it was bad it's just like you said it was a book I read Mm -hmm. that's a good way to put it so (laughs) Um, for those that, um, have not read the book, I'm going to do a quick summary before we dive in and and really dig into this. Uh, so the nine lives of Christmas was written by Sheila Roberts and it came out January 1st, 2011. And the summary is when a guy is in trouble, he starts making deals with his creator and Ambrose, the cat is no exception in danger of losing his ninth and final life. Ambrose makes a desperate plea to the universe. He'll do anything, anything, if he can just survive and enjoy a nice, long, final life. His prayer is answered when a stranger comes along and saves him. And now it looks like he has to hold up his end of the bargain. The stranger turns out to be a firefighter named Zach, who's in need of some serious romantic help. If Ambrose can just bring Zach together with Mary Lee, the nice lady who works at the pet palace, it's bound to earn him a healthy ninth life. Unfortunately for Ambrose, his mission is a lot harder than he ever thought. Mira Lee is way too shy to make the first move on a ladies' man like Zach, and that and Zach thinks he's all wrong for a nice girl like Mira Lee. Now it's going to take all of Ambrose's feline wiles and maybe even a good old-fashioned Christmas miracle to make them both realize that what they've been looking for is right in front of their eyes. So yeah, <laughs> Ambrose the cat is. Based on this summary, you would think that this entire book is about Ambrose and his fight to bring these two together as a cat. Yeah, you'd think it's about a cat matchmaker. Yes. Which it kind of is, you know, but... It kind of is, and it starts off that way, because the very first chapter is all through Ambrose's eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And it's it takes me a minute to get used to it, 
but then I'm like, okay. And I'll confess that there were times in the book where I was like, wait a minute, is this Ambrose or is this Zach? Hold <laughs> on. And I had to restart. And I'm like, okay, this is the cat. <laughs> which I know is terrible, but I, it did take me a couple of, a couple of restarts to, to figure it out. But yeah, so it's not as it's, it's, yeah, he does play a large part. The cat does play a large part, but it's not as big as I thought it was going to be, but nah, we'll get to that. So in the movie, the movie, um, it was, you know, obviously part of part of Hallmark's countdown to Christmas. And the summary that Hallmark gives us is, um, Fireman Zach Stone, played by Brandon Ralph, is is a confirmed bachelor who doesn't believe in love or commitment. When a stray tabby named Ambrose shows up at his door, Zach takes him in and slowly starts to see that a little companionship might not be so bad after all. Zachary's commitment to solitude is further challenged when he meets Mary Lee, played by Kimberly Susted, an animal lover and vet student who teaches Zach how to care for his new feline roommate. Chemistry immediately develops between the two, but will they find a way together despite themselves? I think that's more accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I think that's a more, I actually, you know, there's a couple differences, you know, just in that summary alone, but I think it's a more accurate description of both actually. But mm-hmm. like I said, we'll get there. So you touched on this earlier. One of the largest differences is in the book, there's three points of view. And in the movie, we get, you know, we get both Zach and Marilee's stories. But in the book, we get Ambrose slash Tom, because his name is Ambrose, but Zach calls him Tom. Which makes me mad, but okay. <laughs> it does me too. I'm like, you you know his name is Ambrose because you find out early on it's Ambrose and you still call him Tom. but Because it's a wussy name. Yeah. And I'm like, first of all, this is something I really um, can I can I just say this real quick? Yeah, that I really appreciated from the author of the book is Ambrose means immortal, and I think that's a cool name to give a cat who has these nine lives. Who has? I mean, I just think that's neat. Yes, yeah. I and the fact that Zach figures out whose name is and doesn't stick with it and just keeps calling him Tom kind of irritates me. But oh yeah. Anyway, so we get Ambrose slash Tom. But we also find out some of his other names because he goes back and talks about a lot of his other <laughs> lives. So we find out some of his other names he's had over. And it's kind of funny when he talks about his older lives. <laughs> I um, enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. And all the ways that he's died and all the <laughs> his owners. It is kind of funny. Um, and then we get Zach's point of view. And of course, we get Marilee. Although for me, and I don't know if it was like this for you, but for me, the book, even though we get all these three points of view. And we do touch on some of Marilee's struggles. I felt like most of the book was Zach. Like, oh, yeah. It was just Zach and his... Because we learn way more about Zach in the book than we ever do in the movie. Ever. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> some things that we don't need to know, but, <laughs> you know, there we are. So, first off, I, I do want to talk about Marilee because okay. in the movie, she's my favorite. Because oh, it's, yeah. some, it's Kimberly Susted. I mean, hello. She's so, so relatable. I love her. And I I want to say, you know what? The first movie I ever saw her in was that Valentine's movie with Sam Page where she's his ex-girlfriend and she's trying to get him back. And it's, or maybe it was, an, uh, whatever. Oh, I, oh, but hold I saw on. Is this ex- the movie where Sam Page eats the chocolate, like, <laughs> really seductively, but in a funny way? Or am I thinking about something different? <laughs> it's the one with the... <laughs> 
vet she no she's a gossip columnist or she's a dating columnist yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay yes that one and she and, and kimberly susted plays his ex-girlfriend who works in a cafe mm-hmm. and yes and i remember seeing her in that so when i saw her in this i was like oh she's in the lead and i just absolutely like fell in love with her right away because in this movie she's so charming and i just oh, love yeah. her so okay but in the book mary lee is like he literally calls her an elf. <sighs> elf when he meets, yes, he's like, <laughs> oh, she's like a little elf because apparently she's super tiny in the book and has bright red curly, like short red curly hair mm-hmm. and green eyes and an upturned nose or whatever. He and said. I'm like, is it Annie? That's all I kept thinking about was Annie. <laughs> I didn't have that picture in my head. That's really funny. <laughs> and that's all I could think about. And so when they were getting to like scenes where like they're all trying to be sexy, I'm like, this is Annie. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't have that image. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, well, sexy Annie is where we're at, I guess. But oh god, that's all I could think about. And I just think of having to think of somebody else. Cause I'm like, this is terrible. This is the worst. But you know but in the book she has it's very tiny red hair green eyes she does work at a pet store although it's called pet palace and not bosley's like in the movie and she started vet school but then she dropped out because she didn't have any more money i think so and yeah and her parents are still alive and she has two sisters and two brothers so she's Mm -hmm. got a lot of people in her life and in all of that she apparently has lost like 50 pounds since high school and no one in her life lets her forget it including herself yeah i almost feel like if we talk about merrily and that there needs to be some kind of content warning because i feel like it was super fat phobic the way she was written yes and i found it so offensive I found it very, very uncomfortable because this is the time, you know, there was, I've, I've discussed this before, but there, there was a time in books where um, specifically like rom-coms, like that whole chick lit era mm-hmm. of the late nineties, early aughts, where it was like women had these like confessional type stories that were all like supposed to be really funny, but really it was them just trying to lose weight mm. and find boyfriends and I hated it. And so this was re- for me. It was reminiscent of that, and I was just like, "Okay, look, I, I, I get, I get it. You lost weight, but that's enough. Like it, it, it got to me sometimes. I, I didn't like it. Oh <laughs> the yeah, way she, the way she talked about herself to herself, yeah. and and about how, food. Like there was yeah. one time she said, um, uh, "Merrily paid for her groceries: cottage cheese, salad makings, and a candy cane. A girl needed to live it up once in a while." A candy yeah. cane, right? Is a I'm splurge. Like, okay. What do you? Yeah, one candy cane, and you need some protein in there, dude. <laughs> right. Like, and and other and her sisters were constantly like, "You need to be hotter." Mm-hmm. Like, you need to try. And I'm like, "Why?" I did. I will say this at one. <laughs> Uh, I didn't start wearing makeup until my 30s when I started actually working in like an office because I was an athletic trainer for so long. And Mm -hmm. when you're outside and you're carrying coolers and looking at injuries and traipsing up and down fields, I don't care what I look like. I don't care. It's also in the Texas heat in the summer. I don't care. And I did have a coach one time tell me, (laughs) he said, I mean, you don't even try. And I looked at him (gasps) and I was like, what? Because, I mean, you don't even, like, try and wear makeup or, like, do your hair. And I said, this is my face. What do you want me to do? (laughs) 
I'm like, this is what I look like, though. And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, why do you care? Why does anybody care? I'm here to get. Uh, I was so annoyed. I was like, get away from me. I would have been ticked. Yeah, it's almost like kind of reminiscent of this. Like, you need to be hot in the way I think you should be hot. Well, maybe she's just comfortable the way she is. I don't know. That whole thing really bothered me. Everybody in her life was just very like, you need to be sexy and thin. Yeah, and she had a memory about her sister talking about, a guy won't want to open up a present that's not wrapped well. He won't want what's inside a dirty paper sack. And I'm like... What? I see. Yeah. I'm an only child, so I don't know sibling dynamics, but that seemed a little horrible. <laughs> yeah, my sister would never have said that to me. Granted, she's four years older, and so by the time I reached teenagehood, she was already out of the house. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, she wouldn't have told me you need to be hotter. <laughs> yeah, it's it was weird. So okay, um, but in the movie, it's just it's it's Kimberly Sussman. So I mean, of course she's gorgeous so Mm -hmm. there's but there's no like side story of her like in her emotions about how she looks and like her weight and all we we they eliminated all that which i appreciate um yeah but she only has one sister her parents are dead and she's in her last year of vet school so right off the bat very different very different two very different characters like she was still self-conscious in the movie but it was i mean it wasn't off-putting it didn't seem like she didn't believe in herself at all she was just a little awkward yeah which was relatable right i thought she was awkward just because he was so good looking yeah and when you run across somebody who's like super good looking i don't know about you but i'm always like uh what (laughs) i can't make i I can't make (laughs) eye contact i'm just like i'm just gonna act like i hate you so that way everything is just blank on my face like no (laughs) I don't know how it's Zach. And Zach in the book is actually blonde haired and blue eyed. Mm-hmm. So they went the complete opposite in terms of the movie. And but. that didn't bother me because once I saw that, I didn't picture Zach from the movie anymore. So that kind of saved me some grief, <laughs> like picturing Zach not being yeah. as great as he was in the movie. Right. So, so he is blonde haired, blue eyed. He's still a fireman. And mm-hmm. what we don't get... Uh, because in the movie, it's just Zach. There's nothing else to him but being working in the firehouse, renovating the house, and finding the cat. Mm-hmm. But in the book, he's got a brother named David who lives in Australia who we never meet. We never get anything from him. But then he's got two stepsisters and a mom and a dad who he basically hates. His mom <laughs> left his dad when they were younger. And he basically hates her until the very end. Spoiler alert. And his dad, who we find out is like an alcoholic who only calls him like on Christmas. We find out all of this stuff. And in both the book and the movie, he's very commitment phobic. But in the book, we find out why. It's because his mom left his dad and it was like on Christmas Eve that they left and it busted up the family. And he's like, relationships never work. I'm never going to be in one. Well, fine. In the movie, I know that we just got like one line line of do- dialogue that his parents fought all the time and got a divorce. And he said he was tired of being angry all the time. And that's why he decided to commit commit his life to being a firefighter and all this stuff. So we only got like a tiny, tiny bit yeah. of his commitment phobia. But yeah, the book was like, <laughs> it really went into it. Yeah, it did. They're like, let us tell you every single depressing thing ever and cram it into one family. <laughs> it was a lot. Yes. And I felt really bad for Zach. I'm like, oh my God, your life really was terrible. <laughs> oh yeah. But, but in the you know, in the movie we get Brandon Ralph. So mm-hmm. we're good there. 
he's a very good looking gentleman, you know, but like, yeah, I, I forgot about that one throw off, like that one basically throwaway line, like, oh, my parents always fought and I was tired of being angry and whatever. Because for the most part, he, it seems like his character was written like any other stereotypical guy who's afraid of commitment. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. like, why? You don't like somebody in your life that reminds you when to call your mom on your birthday? <laughs> On her birthday, I mean, or like when to replace the socks in your drawer. That's horrible. You know, Yeah, I'm like having a wife is awesome because that's the things that we do. Right. <laughs> wives are wives are awesome. I, I've said this before and I'll say this again. I wish I had a wife because there are things that I forget. And I'm like, if I had my own wife who could help me out, then we'd all be better. But that's neither here nor there. So other. OK. And then the cats. Actually, the cats are different because mm-hmm. i mean we already talked about ambrose also having the name tom and we found out a bunch of other names that he had but what we also find out is he <laughs> one of the ways he dies <laughs> is he gets run over by blair <laughs> zach's girlfriend i, she, I she actually like, like that <laughs> i know it just made me laugh i'm like what <laughs> I was not ready. <laughs> I was. I, I like. I, what I really appreciated about the book is that Ambrose had a connection to like all of the characters beforehand. Yes, I liked that a lot. I did too. <laughs> I actually ended up. It surprises me how much I avoided this book because of the cat. That I actually liked all the cat parts of the book because it was funny. Because yes, you find out all his names. You find out some of the ways he dies. You find out again. If y'all want to read this, turn this <laughs> off now because you find out he dies. One of his lives goes because Blair runs him over and she leaves him to die. And um, Zach is actually the one that rescues him. And he's like, oh, it's that guy. And he places it. He figures it out. Oh, that's that guy that saved me after this horrible woman run over, ran over me. And he, we find out later it's Blair. And then when he gets taken in to like recover, it's Mary Lee that helps him. So he's connected with all three of these people. And then we also find out <laughs> eventually that he knows Queenie and that's why there's love at first sight because in the movie it's just like they see each other and they're always connected Mm -hmm. like oh they love each other but in the book they had a past like love affair oh Aphrodite isn't that what he says yes and at first it took me a minute to understand what he was saying I was so confused I was like is he just quoting poetry what does he mean oh Aphrodite and I'm like oh that was her old name did he used to look different though because wasn't his name blackie that'd be like a weird name for an orange cat yeah i because she gets mad and she's like oh well you know you never called and he's like i died (laughs) 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 it was so funny to me (laughs) she came on the cold shoulder and he's like aphrodite and she's like you had your chance he's like i died (laughs) i couldn't Sorry, it was just so goofy, but I loved it. I'm not going to lie. I loved it. (laughs) Me too. So let me ask you real quick. Knowing now what you do about Ambrose and all of his past lives Mm -hmm. and really him being like on this mission to like do Zach a solid, because for some reason in the book, Ambrose is on his ninth life. And I guess he's just like, I want this final one to be amazing. Mm-hmm. So he thinks the only way he can achieve that is if he helps out someone and that someone ends up being Zach. And so his whole like motivation the whole time and trying to get Zach with Mary Lee is he thinks that'll give him 
a good final life. I don't understand why, but that's what he thinks. So yeah, I'm trying to think why he thinks it would be with that. Because remember, he yelled to the universe, "Let me live." from this dog and then I'll be good. Right. So I guess. <laughs> but I'm like, but eventually you are going to die. Like, I don't understand why it doesn't matter. It's a cat it's with a, a cat. point of view. <laughs> yeah. It, it doesn't matter. But so, but knowing all of that, did it change the way you viewed the cats in the movie? Well, okay. So usually I, get really mad when a movie isn't exactly like the book so I decided that so I wouldn't ruin my favorite Hallmark movie I was gonna watch the movie first and then read the book oh so I haven't watched it since reading the book so it hasn't changed my view yet that's probably a good idea because well, I will say this. It didn't ruin it in a bad way for me. It did change it though, because there are certain scenes at the very beginning mm-hmm. of the movie, you see like in the background of one scene at the very, very beginning when, um, when Zach is doing the photo shoot for the fireman's calendar, mm-hmm. um, you'll see like bits of a cat being like chased by something. A dog. Really? And this is before. Yeah. And then you'll see like when, Zach is running, like coming home to his house, and Ambrose is trapped, and the dog is like barking at him in the back of the truck. You're like, okay, that's kind of similar because Zach does save him in the book from Mm -hmm. being attacked by a dog. And when Zach is like, okay, well, you're safe now, and he puts him down. And then when Zach goes to open the door in the movie, and the cat sneaks in, I'm like, it has so much more meaning now just because I've read the book, and I'm like, oh, he's trying to like. he's trying to be safe and he's also like i gotta see what this guy's about and maybe this is the guy i should help i don't know it just it made it different and then when queenie comes over for the first time and the cats meet and they like separated instantly i mean like they're like instantly together Mm -hmm. i'm like it's because they're long lost loves yeah Yeah, that makes sense now (laughs) i I remember going back trying to think is there obvious matchmaking things going on by the cats but i couldn't think of anything (laughs) so i i just when i of course when i watched it i didn't think the cat was making things happen because i didn't know that was possible (laughs) right well that was pretty yeah that was pretty much it for me i didn't really see any other like because i was thinking that maybe there would be like if i forgot maybe like he got sick or something Mm -hmm. or like he needed time but no um the only really reason zach goes to the um pet store is because in the movie is because blair is like um we're gonna get rid of this cat let's take him to my father's pet store whereas Mm -hmm. in the book ambrose fakes being sick like he won't eat and then he like starts like try and destroy furniture he comes up with all these ways to try and get zach to go back to the pet store and keep talking to Lee to get her advice on cats but yeah that doesn't happen in the that doesn't happen in the movie which i was fine with yeah i was fine with it too <laughs> i didn't really miss that part so no. um the other characters though in the book in the book zach really only has one friend his name is ray he has a little tiny dog named taquito who he calls tacky uh, sure um yeah but in the in the book that's it we won't really see him interacting in the firehouse at all like he's not really at the fire station at all he's not really with those guys but in the movie everything about zach's family is dissolved and basically put into the fire station like not in the level of drama mm-hmm. 
as the book, but it's basically a surrogate for his family. Like they show a lot more of the fire station. And I missed that. I It made Zach a rounder of a character. I don't know it. Well, Which one? one? Um, in the movie, like being yeah. at the fire station, Gregory Harrison, that character, I really wanted a character like that in the book for Zach. Uh, yeah. And Gregory Harrison is a freaking silver fox so i'm like <laughs> i love him so much oh my gosh he makes every movie better more of him yes <laughs> so uh yeah and i'm i'm with you because we get ray in the book mm-hmm. but ray is also like at one point even though it's kind of like a teasing thing he's trying to like get Lee for himself <laughs> yeah and I, I wrote down that oh that quote that oh my that exchange just do you remember it? Because it made my blood boil, and I don't know <laughs> if it bothered about you much. <laughs> when he's like, "You need to take her. I'll take her for myself." And, and there was a lot more sexual overtones in the book because <laughs> there was just a lot more looking at boobs and butts, and just yeah, it was weird. Can I just read you the yeah. this exchange? Okay, Ray. Um, I do that little cutie in a heartbeat. Give me your phone number. And then Zach says, I don't know it. And if I did, I wouldn't give it to you. She's not some hookup. She's, and then dot, dot, dot in his head, it goes, my hookup. (laughs) Like, Like that's the most romantic thing that he can think of. She's just not some, not just some hookup. She's my hookup. I'm sorry. I like screamed when I read that part. Because she comes over like, okay. (laughs) How do we? In in the movie, their first pseudo date is when she brings Ambrose into the firehouse. She's all dressed up in that lace dress that her sister buys her. And they have this like impromptu dinner at the food truck and Mm -hmm. it's very sweet and it's very cute they learn more about each other it's just a very nice innocent like pseudo date Mm -hmm. you know in the movie there they have this like initial meeting and the the game of clue is brought up and they kind of banter around that for a minute because the whole time merrily struggles because in the book is she's like there's no way he would flirt with me because i'm just not hot yeah and from his perspective, he's like, she is so cute, but she's obviously looking for more. I'm not going to flirt with her because I'm not trying to lead her on. And he's pretty dang upfront about it the entire yeah. time. I think you're attractive, but I am not looking for a relationship. And in her mind, she's like, I wonder if he's looking for a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> So she has this idea once she gets made over and her sisters make her look quote unquote hot that she'll get dressed up in this like sexy outfit and she buys him clue and she wraps it and she takes it to his house. Well, it turns out his friend Ray has come over to play video games and they invite her in and they all play clue. And the whole time, the two guys are just like ogling her like, Mm -hmm. and she's like, oh my God, are they really looking at my boobs? And I'm like, girl, you to leave i wrote in my notes i was like why does she like him i don't okay it's because he's really good looking and he took in a cat and he's a firefighter so he's so kind-hearted she kept saying he's kind-hearted and i was like where when? right he okay like all these things that make him good he complains about them the whole time like, yeah oh this cat blah 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 so expensive oh my family sucks 
I hate being around my mom. I don't know. It's just like he blames his mom for everything uh, and his entire like adult life, like being miserable. And yeah, he complains about the cat and how much it costs. And at one point he even says when, um, well, I'll get to that because the, like in the movie, when Marilee moves in, that doesn't happen in the book. So I'll come back to that. In okay. Just a minute. But so the Blair is still there. Blair is still his girlfriend slash hookup, whatever in book. But in the book, she is older than him and she's divorced and she has a teenage son who mm-hmm. she tries to hide. <laughs> from each other it's weird that's super but weird what made me laugh was ambrose and when he when it was in his point of view he was like he zach's always on the phone talking to someone named baby i don't like babies <laughs> babies are babies will pull at you and pull your hair and like he thinks he's talking to a baby which is <laughs> funny but then he's like oh the baby's name is blair and it's coming over and so he keeps calling her blair baby <laughs> yeah and then Blair shows up and he's like, oh, my God, it's the woman who murdered me. And now he <laughs> hates her. And then eventually he's like, man, this cougar, because he figures out she's older than him. And he calls her Blair baby cougar. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it made me laugh. And he's only he knows about cougars because the cougars of Connecticut, like reality show on owner watch. I know. Which I'm like, that sounds amazing. And I'm in Connecticut and I want to know about this show. <laughs> that would be awesome. But so he calls her, I have in my notes, I'm like Blair slash baby slash cougar. <laughs> That's her name. Blair baby cougar. Cats are really judgmental. So I mean, I'm glad I don't know what a cat thinks about me. <laughs> I love it. I, I, seriously, his like internal monologues were hysterical to me, but. Okay. So in the book and the movie, both, we do get a grocery store meeting. They both, that happens in both. Zach has to run to the store to get, he went, he goes to get beer actually for Ray. He's like, oh, I should probably get cat food. Let's <laughs> have a cat. He's like, oh yeah. And so he ends up in the cat aisle and Marilee is there and uh, she helps him out. But it's that's it. It's not, and there's, she tries to flirt a little bit and it kind of, fizzles out and that's pretty much it it's nowhere near the extended scene that we get in the movie which that whole grocery scene from top to bottom oh yeah is the best oh yeah it's one of my favorite meat cutes in a movie it's just so natural it's so sweet it features talking about cat diarrhea (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's just so it's pretty perfect in the movie just from the beginning when you, it's just her and she's doing the whole ice cream bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfection. I think that's when we all fell in love with Kimberly Susted because we've all been there. We're like, yep. ah, let's be realistic. Yes. <laughs> and, you have a yeah. party? Okay, sorry. <laughs> you no, know, that's what I was going to say. It's like, she goes from cat diarrhea and he's like, so you having a party? And she's like, no, why? <laughs> oh, and he looks at the giant ice cream tub. It's just so funny. Oh, I love it. It's like, oh, that. And then I love that she gets back, she gets to her car and well, she sees him embarrassed because that woman like freaks out. Oh my God, it's you who saved me. Uh My oven exploded and you saved me and she's hugging him and he's all embarrassed. But then she goes out and she's at her car and she's talking to herself, which is hilarious. And Uh then when that, when that grocery cart goes running and he runs after (laughs) and she thinks he's running towards her, I died. I die laughing every time. (laughs) <laughs> so it's perfect 
<laughs> but we don't get any of that in the book. We, it's just, yeah, they do meet at the, which is fine. But I did miss the the whole awkwardness of the movie grocery store scene. But, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I don't want to go because there's a, there's a bunch of times when Zach has to go to the pet store and he talks to Marilee. Yeah. But in the movie, they roll that out basically all in one big scene. And that's when Marilee gets fired because Blair doesn't like her and goes to her dad and complains and his dad and her dad fires her. But in the book, he doesn't seem that mad about firing her. No. Right? No, it just like wasn't a big deal at all. <laughs> I, I feel like Marilee was super flat, like that character in the book. Yeah, no, you're right. Because she in the movie, she's like hailed as this like all star, like best employee, like everybody mm-hmm. goes to her for everything. And so when she gets fired in the movie, like you can tell that her boss is like visibly upset that he has to do this, but mm-hmm. it's his daughter. And so he's like, oh, God. This is the worst. And she's so upset. And that scene is heartbreaking when her friend has the cake and she turns around. She's like, I just got fired. I'm like, I just want to hug her. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's so sad. It'll be okay. But in the book, it's like the boss, like Blair's dad is like, you were rude to my daughter and I don't appreciate it. So you need to go. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, she was much more rude in the book. Yeah. She told her she she didn't have a heart. (laughs) I know she does lay it on a lot. And I'm like, dang. Uh, yeah, it is pretty intense. But so you, we lose out on that because in the movie, it's such a big scene because mm-hmm. Zach comes back and is looking for, and he's like, what? He's very upset because she's not there. But in the movie, it's all just kind of glossed. Over. I mean, in the book, it's all just kind of glossed over. Like she gets fired and Zach comes back and is looking for her. She's not there. He finds out she got fired. So he calls Blair and he's like, how dare you? And hangs up on her and that's pretty much it yeah i think in both in both the book and the movie blair is the worst but oh my gosh the thing that the book and the movie both do well is get her out of the picture fairly early yeah because she's so over the top you can't have her in that long so they do yeah you're right they do get her out pretty early which is nice because she's intense Mm -hmm. but so what i found interesting though is I, I touched on this earlier is in the relationship between zach and Marilee. in the book they spend a lot of time actually discussing outright not like in detail but you know he figures out pretty on that sh- she's interested in him mm-hmm. and he's like this ain't happening and she's like okay and she gets all upset but then she comes back and he's like this ain't happening like they just they don't dance around it like they, yeah he's pretty upfront with her i don't want a relationship and she still tries anyways because I I don't know I she doesn't want to let her sisters down. <laughs> they spent yeah, so much like, money on her, <laughs> which is so bizarre. They spent all this money to like make her over, and she's like, I can't go back with no results. So I'm just gonna <laughs> keep digging at this guy until he until I wear him down. But um, in the movie, they all it's they don't really discuss it. They just keep dancing around each other, like yeah, not really sure of each other, like together. So. I thought it was interesting that they were very, you know, it was very different because in the book, he's just so abrupt with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he like makes her cry. Okay. I don't know if I should talk about it yet. So never mind. <laughs> well, no, go ahead. See, okay. I don't read a lot of romance books at novels or anything. So, <laughs> and if I do, it's usually like a Hallmark heat level, you yeah. know, and this, this still had a Hallmark-ish heat level, but there was a lot of 
internal monologues that were weird to me. Like, I'm not a prude or anything, but just the way this was written wasn't romantic at all. Do you get that too? Yes, it was very physical. Like, he just basically wanted to have sex with her. And that's it. And he was fighting that the whole time because that's why he was like, no, we can't do anything. No. uh." Yeah, because he was like, if I kiss you, you'll fall in love with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. That He was very sure of himself. Yes. But like, of course, like, if someone's like physically attracted to someone, they are going to have thoughts about them. You know, that's normal, whatever. But just the way he talked about her was so like 80s movie jock villain. Like everything was so outdated and it came off really offensive, just like, and kind of comical at times. Like, Ooh, look at that nice little bod. And just like saying someone had a nice rack. I'm like, who talks like that? It made me laugh when she, when he first meets her and she's got this big raincoat on, he's like, I bet under that raincoat, she's got a hot little bod. I'm like, what? Who says bod except for like, that was that body spray. Look at that bod. You remember those commercials? <laughs> like the whole time no. I was thinking, oh my gosh. Awesome. I used to make fun of those commercials all the time in like middle school. <laughs> yeah, it was, yes. Everything about his views of her was all in the physical. Yeah. And, and I, everything about her views on him was how he was perfect and that she couldn't have him. Yeah. And I just want to, is, is it because she thought he was perfect looking and that she had this very surface level idea of him being kind hearted? And that's why I couldn't connect to their relationship because there were really no emotional conversations, nothing other than surface level feelings, which is exactly. just it didn't get deep. And I don't know why it confused it me. And in the movie, at least we got a montage of them getting closer, like yeah. them working on the house together and them running and them, you know, doing stuff together. And you see that, okay, then this, as the viewer, we're like, okay, they're, they've, they've lived together already for a few weeks now and they're getting into a groove, into mm-hmm. a routine together. And you can see why that would get confusing and why feelings would intrude. But on mm-hmm. in the book, he's just constantly like, no, we're not right for each other. And that's pretty much it and at one point he even says oh now i've just got one more female to get rid of and i'm like (laughs) this guy's the worst oh and what he said about his mom i had to write this down and said her brown hair was salted with gray and she'd gained a few pounds over the years she was still a good looking woman though (laughs) i was like me you're talking about me. My brown hair now has white in it. And yeah, I've gained a few pounds after two kids. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. It's just the way that he never had just nice things to say about women, even the ones that he was sleeping around with, he referred to as like good time bimbos. And it's yeah. like, I mean, why are you seeing them as bimbos? Like, can't you see them? Like, just you're there too, dude. Yeah, you it are doing two to tango. Yeah, you're doing the exact same thing as them, and you're not like the bad guy. I don't know. It just really, really frustrated me. You're a himbo, and you didn't even <laughs> know it. See, well, so okay, their relationship obviously are very different in the mm-hmm. movie, and also 
the whole eviction because in the book Marilee does not get evicted she gets yeah. caught with Queenie but it's just Queenie that has to leave and so she's desperate and she tries to everybody that she knows and she can't find anybody so finally she goes to Zach and she's like will you take Queenie for one night and he doesn't want to but he's like I guess I don't know why but this girl you know it's all just gibberish and he takes the cat and that's when he makes the comment one more female for me to get rid of uh, and I'm like I hate you I hate everything <laughs> about you um, but in the in the movie you know they both get evicted they all get evicted and that's when he's like hey come move in with me which is very sweet and very cute and that's what leads yes. to the whole montage however I have to ask you this okay in real life would you move <laughs> in with somebody that you just met <laughs> <laughs> I've done some dumb things, but I don't think I'd do that. <laughs> I don't think so. I'd be like, I don't care how you look. I don't think so. Like, uh, I mean, if I were desperate, but uh, like, maybe it's my age. Maybe if I was like 22, I'd be like, hell yeah. I did the news. <laughs> look at it. Look at him. I'm in. <laughs> but it could have gotten really lifetime movie really quickly, you know? Yeah, I could have. Good. But he's a firefighter, so he's a good guy. And he flips houses. So Yeah, so maybe that's why she felt okay with it. But the whole time I'm like, girl, are you really, um, you know, yeah. it's, the, it's the movie. It's sweet, though, because that's how they connect. And that's mm -hmm. how they get to know each other. And I get it. But I just had to ask you that in, like, all real life. But No, I don't think I would have done it in real life. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so in the, dangerous. Yeah. Right. And in the in the book, she just goes to him for that one night. And she's like, look, I literally asked everybody else and mm -hmm. I came to you last. And it actually hurts his feelings later. He's like, why she came to me last? It's like, because you're a jerk, dude. Because <laughs> you told her you don't want her around, man. Over and over again. <laughs> That's why. I mean, I guess it's good that he doesn't. He understands that she obviously wants more than he wants to give her. But I don't know. It's still weird. <laughs> I do appreciate, but that's, that was the thing is I do appreciate his honesty mm -hmm. and I do appreciate that he wasn't like, well, she likes me. Maybe I'll just sleep with her. And then, you know, he's like, no, we can't start this because we want two very different things. And mm -hmm. then when you find out why you hear all about his past, you're like, oh my God, sir, <laughs> you've had a lot. Um, but so in the book, they do have a first kiss. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's not the mistletoe. Right. Scene. In the in the book, Queenie gets dropped off with Zach and then Marilee gets him and has to figure out what to do with him. So she goes on the radio mm -hmm. and goes on this like talk show to like get somebody to adopt the cat. And she like advertises, she's like, please help. And um Ray calls him up and says, Hey, Marilee's on the radio right now. So he tunes in and hears her voice and it's like oh oh i have an idea i know what will do that work i'll give him this cat to my stepsisters yeah. for christmas <laughs> that's sure not, that should be like the number one sign that he wasn't that great of a guy because he gave someone a cat without consulting the person that they live with like he yeah. didn't consult his mom hey is it okay if i give your daughters a cat a living thing that you all have to take care of and are financially so responsible. Money. Yes. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, gratefully, like, fortunately, they all love it. They're like, oh my gosh, this cat's amazing. Yeah, I was so shocked that it turned out. <laughs> so 
he goes over to pick up the cat and get the things for Queenie so mm-hmm. he can take it to his stepsister's house. And they end up like making out. Mm-hmm. And then he ditches her. He's like, peace. Yeah. It's and like, terrible. And I, the way the kiss was written, I didn't realize it had happened until like a couple <laughs> sentences after. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Like, yes, I do. Wait, what? Yeah. I had to go back and do a couple rereads in some of these scenes. I was like, what's happening? And again, because some of these, I was like, is this the cat or is this Zach? But sorry. <laughs> okay. Not in that scene. I knew that was Zach in the kissing scene, but you know. But that is a good point with the showing in the telling instead of showing. Because yes. I didn't feel any romance between them because I was being told what was happening the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of things that w- would explain a, their attitudes mm-hmm. and their emotions and motivations were told to us instead of shown us and i just it took away a lot of the connection for mm-hmm. me and a lot of um reasoning like i was just like okay sure um but the mistletoe scene in the movie when mm-hmm. they have their first kiss mm-hmm. what what do you think about that scene it's well, a big scene okay it stresses me out because i'm nervous for her but I also really like it. <laughs> Emma, I get so upset every time. I've seen it. I know what happens. I know it all works out. And every time my hands are sweaty. I'm like, I hate this yeah. scene. I'm so anxious for her, especially when she's like, get off, get off. And I'm like, he's saying you take it down. Stop it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does stress me out. But I do think it ends up being really sweet. I do like it at the beginning. Like when he, when she's like, okay, bye. And he comes out and he's like, oh, you're leaving? Yes. And his eyes flick to the mistletoe and back to her. Yes. That's very cute. That is. I do enjoy that. Oh. I, I always, always like love it. how he's upset when, oh, you're leaving. He does that a couple times. Oh, you're not staying? You can stay. Yeah. They just have a cute little relationship. And he's obviously has a huge crush on her. But yeah. yes, um, now that we're talking about it, my hands are getting a little sweaty. Yes, they are. <laughs> like, I'm very upset. Like, I'm anxious right now. Yes, he has those big, like, puss in boot cat eyes. Like, when he's like, brown oh, eyes. You <laughs> yeah. And, she, and I'm like, no, I'm not leaving ever. Oh, wait, what? What did you? I, I would just be in a trance. Like, <laughs> no, I'm never leaving. I'm here forever. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those first kisses were very, very different. Mm-hmm. And now here's where I just want to get into the rest of Zach's story, because after the kiss in the movie, you know, she tries to get him to go with her to the the party, you know, and he ends up saying, I can't go. And so she shows up and then she sees him with what she thinks is a date and she gets her feelings hurt. And she he comes home and finds her packing up to leave. And she's like, well, thanks. And. You can tell he's really upset, which I really like that scene because, of Uh course, he's upset. And I like a lot of angst. And I'm like, yes, angst it out, buddy. (laughs) And, um, you know, and, of course, we all know what happens. Like, he works it out. And then he shows up, you know, at the end and gets with her and happily ever after, etc. Now, that all happens when they finally get together at the end of the movie. It happens on Christmas Day. Whereas in the book, Zach's mom's house burns down on Christmas Eve. (laughs) Which... Which it shouldn't have shocked me because there was some foreshadowing about how there are fires, people, at the Christmas because people leave candles on absentmindedly. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a whole side story about the guy that they're all like, you're going to turn into Hank. Hank, like, 
solo stoic like no family hank who died alone and you find out he burned to death in his house <laughs> poor hank <laughs> like I, I was reading I'm like what he burned to death like holy cat and yeah so we find out that his mom's house burns down on christmas eve mm-hmm. But that's the catalyst for him reuniting with his mom and like, you know, because he brings her and and um, his stepsisters over to stay with him because their dad went back to get Queenie because he had already given them to her, given the cat to them by now. And (laughs) his stepdad ends up in the hospital because, you know, he'd gotten smoke inhalation damage or something. So Mm -hmm. it's Zach, his mom and his sisters in his house and they un you know, they untangle a lot of the bitterness and resentment from over the years. So the burning down the house brings them together. And I get that, but this is all Christmas Eve, mind you. And over the next couple of days, so Christmas Eve, Christmas, and the next couple of days, we find out not only did their house burn down, his stepdad's in the hospital, but the reason why his mom left his dad is because well, his dad calls at some point and is drunk and it's like, how's your mom? Uh, you know, and he's mm-hmm. like trying to get off the phone with him. It's all very awkward. But we find out the reason why his mom left his dad is because his dad cheated on her with their next door neighbor who was like his mom's best friend. And he thought of her as like an aunt mm-hmm. and like their kids were like all best friends. And so when she just took off in the middle of the night, everything blew up. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is, this is intense. <laughs> It really was. When they first brought up, was it, did he say Aunt Leslie? Was that what her name yes. was? Um, I was like, you oh, just knew. No. You just knew, right? Like, it's not the mom's fault. Yeah. And I was like, that's why the father is like burning through wives, you know, and has a drinking problem is because oh, he right. made a huge mistake. He was on his like third wife. That's mm-hmm. why I forgot about that. Yeah, like this is so typical of him to blame everything on his mom and just be like, it's my mom's fault. It's women's fault. That's why I don't get involved with women. I'm like, Mm -hmm. this guy is merrily don't. Don't go with him. (laughs) (laughs) He's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. So we find out, and I do feel bad because he has had a lot of childhood trauma, but he did not turn out okay in my opinion well and he was engaged too to a nice girl and she cheated or like left him for his best friend after on christmas eve yes (laughs) so he's had some bad christmases (laughs) yes he has but he does a lot of reflection he's like that probably wasn't all her fault because Mm -hmm. i was already pulling away like Mm -hmm. it's all very dramatic but so yeah and i don't at at some point at the end of because this is very towards the end of the book and so he has these like self-realization that he does need to take a chance on love because his mom is like no i ended up being very happy with your stepfather we're still happy you have to Mm -hmm. try and then it comes big clarification i do have to try and i have to try with mary lee and he runs and goes and finds her and whatever they end up together we get an epilogue we too. do from Bruce's point of view right i know and it's so <laughs> much <laughs> is it about his late night es- escapades or whatever he leaves the house and meets up with queenie <laughs> yeah we learned about his late night 
Activities. Rendezvous. <laughs> rendezvous is a good point and how everybody's happy and how he's finally in his ninth and final life like of his dreams it's, it's all very interesting <laughs> i'm glad that everyone ended up happy i will say that that, that, that was is a, nice I, that is very nice i feel like i've been a little harsh um because i i don't know i do feel like there are some things about the book where we're that were problematic. So I felt like I really needed to say something about it. Like the way that women were talked about really bothered me the way. Yeah. Um, weight problems or whatever were talked about really, really bothered me. Yes. <laughs> so especially side note, because Marilee does go on a date in the book and yes. she criticizes him the entire time. She for body shamed. Yes. And I was like, you feel like you've been body shamed your whole life and you're doing it to somebody now. I okay. was beside myself. Are you serious right now? Like I was, I was very upset. Yes. Yes. How, yes. I'm with you. And so like I, like I say, I do feel like I've been harsh, but I, I don't know. I, I just was pretty offended by a couple of things and hopefully it wasn't mean spirited. I don't think so because here's the thing is there are parts of the book I did enjoy. I did enjoy mm-hmm. actually more than I thought I would the, cat parts yeah um i did actually like watching zach come to terms with his you know family and like accept them i thought it mm-hmm. happened really late in the book yes. and earlier in the episode when i was like i wish things would have been explored more like i wish that would have happened earlier and we mm-hmm. could have seen more of that because i think that would have led to a better character arc for him yeah you know, everything just happened so so late and i and i get it that's you know the romance, uh, you know, I guess, you know, a romance hero's journey. I just, I wish we would have seen more about that, but I'm with you. There was just parts that I just found problematic, but you know, I'm not, I'm not being a harsh, the book was fine. Yes. I'm not saying that. Um, I do have some random questions about okay. both that I can't stop thinking about. Well, I want to hear them. If I could jump on over to that side of things. Go um, for it. So in the book, there's several references to something called light eggnog, (laughs) which there's no way that exists, right? What is with it? She keeps saying, maybe I should offer him a little light eggnog. Should I offer him some, should I invite him in for some light eggnog? I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) It makes me think of that one meme where the dad is up at like 3 a.m. making lightly fried fish fillets and he's texting his kid. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, do you want some lightly fried fish fillets? She's like, dad, stop saying lightly fried fish fillets. I'm so glad you know you've read that before. That cracks me up. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can think. I'm like, what's with this light light eggnog? Is there heavy egg? Like, does she mean like... Fat free eggnog. Yeah, I'm I don't thinking know, but it's fat was, free, which is not possible in my opinion. She was very. She said it not once, not twice, but she said it like five or six times throughout, like mm-hmm. debating on whether she should have some light eggnog. Who drinks that much eggnog? <laughs> I don't know. So that was one one question. Now for the the move, the rest of these are about the movie. Okay. One, they're in winter coats the entire movie. Yeah. Like, there's a scene where at the beginning when they go to dinner and the guy's like, can I take your puffy jacket? <laughs> like, struggling out of it. But when she gets dropped off at the station, like, right. her sister drops her off, she's in that lace dress and that's it. 
that's very true. And it bothers me because I'm like, what happened to your other clothes? You went clothes shopping with clothes. Yeah, what happened to them? (laughs) Why did you wear that dress out with those heels? Like, I wrote down, I never understand wearing clothes out of a place because you wash clothes that you buy first before you wear them, correct? Or is that just me? No, that is not just you. Okay. It's clothes, <laughs> sheets, towels. Oh, sheets, yes. Towels, you have yeah. To, you have to wash all these things before you use them. <laughs> and so I'm like, what? First of all, it's winter. And second <laughs> of all, wouldn't, like, maybe because he doesn't see her at the party in that dress, uh-huh. but I'm like, so he has to see her in that dress, but... I was just like, no one else, like, you're not wearing a jacket. And they go out to eat and everyone else is in jackets and they're not in jackets. And she's (laughs) in just that dress. And I know he's like, oh, are you cold? Yes, it's winter. (laughs) I've lost my puppy goat. (laughs) Yes. And I'm like, where are your old clothes? So, and then I can't, I know, I know this is brought up before because I think you and I have talked about this maybe in messages, but who throws a pet adoption event on Christmas day? I don't think we've talked about this, but that is such a good point. <laughs> Why is this a thing? No one's coming out of their house on Christmas Day to adopt pets. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it should have been maybe the week before Christmas or maybe like maybe Christmas Eve. But that is so odd. Right? It's so crazy to me that they are in the middle of the town, like green, and they're putting on a pet adoption event on Christmas with all those volunteers and all those decorations. And I'm like, y'all are still in your pajamas? (laughs) I don't know, dude. I mean, for, you know, hey, what it's worth. Now that I live here, we do actually go into New York City on Christmas Day, but we don't expect anybody to be open. Yeah, that's true. It's bizarre, though, that they did this. And so my second and last or my last question kind of piggybacks off this is the ending. I wrote down the ending is very sweet and all, but that fire truck is really it's really a misuse of funds. And what would have (laughs) happened if like like he just takes it out like there's only one fire truck at that station. (laughs) What if there's an emergency? Was he allowed to leave? I'm just trying. What I'm thinking back is was it wise of him to leave? He's on duty, correct? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so he just takes out the truck to go declare his love, which I'm grateful for. I I like the ending. It's very sweet. But what happens if there's an emergency? Like, well, Zach's actually at the park with the truck trying to get married. He's mimicking a mountain lion. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> she says, mountain lions. Oh, yeah, and she's crying. <laughs> I love it. I it's do so too. corny. I love it. I know. I, do. I love it. <laughs> Somehow it works. It really does. Yeah. So those are my questions that I just, I can't stop thinking about. And mostly it's because I've watched the movie so much that I just think of, oh, and every time I watch the movie, I always pause it to look at his ID badge. What does it say? When he's, when in the movie, when Marilee gets evicted and he walks in, he's like, I'm assuming you gave her 48 hours notice before letting, you know, and he flips open that badge. And first of all, that badge, that gold badge is like the cheapest looking gold plastic <laughs> I've ever seen. But I've paused it. And if you freeze frame on his ID picture, it's him. And it just says firefighter. <laughs> like zach stone firefighter <laughs> and, and he's got this like corny grin on his face it's it's the best <laughs> I I guess, it. i'm gonna have to look at that because i have never noticed it 
<laughs> okay, it's on tonight. Now we're recording this July 25th because mm-hmm. and it's actually on tonight at 10 o'clock. I know you have a DVR. I know you can go look, but I'm just saying it's it's on tonight. Yes. So you can check it out and look for this because he flashes that badge and I have literally paused it and like taken a picture of it because I'm like, this is the best. I think I've tweeted about it before. Maybe I'll go and try and find that tweet. But either way. So can I ask you, Yeah. was there anything from the book or the movie that you wished oh. was in the other? I I really wish, even though it is super dangerous and probably wouldn't have been, would have been dangerous for book merrily, <laughs> I do wish there would have been the get to getting to know each other by living together situation mm-hmm. because I really thought they needed some relationship building. Yeah. Um, so I could get emotionally attached to their characters. Yeah. Um, maybe I would have wanted more Ambrose in the movie, like just more because he's right. so cute. <laughs> and and yes. I'm, I'm fine. I'm always fine with more cat scenes. Always. I mean, I have been, I haven't had a cat since I was in my third trimester, which would have been almost five years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. My cat, who was 16, passed away when I was pregnant. So that was just, you can imagine the the emotions. Yeah. (laughs) But this is around, like, this is the first time I feel like I'm ready for an animal again. And rewatching the movie and reading about a cat has really made me feel 100% ready for another animal. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> Don't We're tell my daughter. News. <laughs> because she'll get way too excited. And I mean, I love Nine Lives of Christmas so much. I have considered naming a cat Ambrose. Oh my God. I really. <laughs> I would die. That would be so awesome. It really would. <laughs> I And that's a great name and a great idea like to get a cat named Ambrose. Yes. What's, what's weird is that I was looking it up. Is this, um, could this be you know, a male or female, like, which would it be weird if I named a girl cat Ambrose, but I found out the female version of Ambrose is Ambrosia, which is super strange because I have a character where I'm a beauty salon person and my daughter comes in and I cut her nails and I'm Lady Ambrosia. (laughs) Isn't that weird? (laughs) It's fate. That's not fate. I had no idea that I never thought put two and two together of Ambrose and Ambrosia. I don't know. I always just think of the food. Yeah, like the salad, correct? Maybe. Yeah, and that joke of Sean Connery eating ambrosia. Ambrosia. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm that digressing one. here. No, it's, no, okay. it's I yeah, digress. It's, I was talking yeah, about. It's, <laughs> it's a ridiculous thing. My husband does it all the time. He's like ambrosia, <laughs> but he does these really good. He was a theater minor in college, so he does these really good grasp on like dialects and like nice. accents, and he'll yeah, it's awesome. I'm like, do it again. <laughs> but anyways yeah i'm super digressing now okay so yeah for me i was trying to think and i'm like i think it would have been interesting to i agree with you to have more cat scenes but not in a way that made a character but maybe more like easter eggs and like nods to okay like the cat trying to get them together maybe like by a scene where like zach is like are you sick like what's wrong you're not eating you know he's like oh maybe let's go ask Mary Lee. you know something like yeah. that where it looks like he's more but and maybe there was maybe there's a director's cut out there that has more <gasps> show me the director's cut. right you know Mark everyone's Gene. like Schne- the snyder cut or whatever <laughs> but uh, we yes, need Mark, the <laughs> the gene cut mark gene the director mark gene if you're listening come on let us know 
Let us know if there's a director's cut. Just put in some added footage on the on the next release of the DVD. So I yeah, but other than that, there wasn't a lot from the book I really wanted in the movie, to be honest with you, because a lot of what I thought made the book interesting was too dark for Hallmark. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So you know, a lot of what happened to Zach, I'm like, yeah, that's not a good, that's not a good Hallmarkish type thing. So best leave that out. But mm-hmm. okay, so now it's time for the big, the biggie, yeah. the big question for you, which was better? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I feel like we all know the answer to this, but I still gotta ask. I think that the movie version is better, in my opinion. What about you? The same? I. One hundred and fifty percent agree, and it's not—it's not a dig to the book. Mm-hmm. You know, I know there's actually some fans of the book because when I was doing research on it, there was some people that are like, "Oh my gosh, I love this book!" You know, and yeah, it's no dig to these people. Um, like I said, to each their own. But we have mm-hmm. talked about this before, and other guests on this podcast have talked about this before. You resonate so much with the first one that you're introed to that exactly it's, you almost like feel protective of it and like defend it, but. That being said, for me personally, in my opinion, I just think their relationship makes more sense in the way it evolves in the movie than it does in the book. Mm-hmm. But to each their own. Don't at me. No, I'm just kidding. You can. You can <laughs> at me. I'll talk about it. I'll defend my views. I, I don't um, know if I could. Someone would tell me their views <laughs> on this, and I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah. You're probably right. Okay, okay, cool, cool." Okay. <laughs> I'm a horrible. Don't at Emma. <laughs> at me at which was better? Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I liked the, uh, I liked the tone and the theme. I mean, mm-hmm. the timeline better in the, uh, in the movie than I did the book. But it's fine. And. I mean, I must say, this movie would have not existed without the book. And I am very grateful for this book right. because this movie means so much to me, you know? So yeah, you have to give it respect, you know, because it deserves that. It's You're an right. amazing... That's a really good way to put it, to give it the respect it deserves. Because yeah. it does. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad book. It just personally wasn't for me. It wasn't my favorite. That's all. Yeah. But as I'm saying, we would not like, it's such a fun idea, like a cat matchmaker. And I mean, (laughs) it's so cute at Christmas. I mean, I wish I would have thought of that. I definitely, I didn't. (laughs) Right. Go Sheila. Yeah. Go Sheila. (laughs) I get you. I don't think that, you know, I don't think anything that you said was, you know, mean spirited. I, you know, we're just giving our, our thoughts and opinions when we put the two together, if we were just talking about the book, you know, that's different, but we're putting the two together and we're, we're putting them together. So I think it's fine, but. And I am protective of the movie. So, I mean, like you said, I, I drew art, (laughs) a a campaign trying to get a sequel for the movie. Like that's how deep I am in and we all appreciate your efforts because I think we would all want the 10 lives of Christmas. Come on, Hallmark. Well, I think that it's been confirmed that there is going to be a sequel. I know, but I don't trust them. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of things said that don't get delivered I'm on. Like, yeah, I'm like, I don't trust them. This. So we did it. We got through it. We did. And yeah, 
we you know we can all we can you and I can take a deep breath because as much as we talk about stuff, <laughs> we also you know together as anxious people we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> like the if someone put like. I think it's probably good we haven't met in person because I think the amount of anxiety that would be in one room would make like that building explode. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It oh. would be terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That so, could like cause the apocalypse that much anxiety in one room. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we got through it. We did. We did. And we've come out on the other side as better people for it. No, really? um, I've grown so much. In this yes, hour and a half. I, I actually have because I learned that that this was like this is such a big and important movie for you, and I appreciate it that. Really is. I love it. I love that story you told at the beginning. So I appreciate you joining me on this. I know it's hard sometimes. Like we just talked about trying to uh, dissect these things without being mean or mean spirited. But like I said, I think you've done a, a fantastic job, Thank and you. I very much appreciate you joining me and your time and efforts and reading a cat book point of view book (laughs) it wasn't that bad i i was known as being a cat person i was told multiple times you're going to be a cat lady you'll live alone and never get married so (laughs) i love cats yeah so i'm married now so ha be quiet people people (laughs) we're all hot enough and he likes cats too okay (laughs) exactly so um if if people want to follow you online and oh. you know check you out on social media, where should they find you? If you're interested in Hallmark content, I am at the Hallmark on um, Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my recaps and reviews of Hallmark movies at thehallmark.com. Yes, y'all, and seriously, they're a delight and. Emma actually started a thing where maybe it's not a full recap, but she'll do yeah. a, if I live tweeted during this movie, which are hilarious and you to go check them out. So check out her blog at the whole or the whole remark.com. And then if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Lisa Faye CEO. That's Lisa Faye Co. Or you can follow the podcast at which was better on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can check us out on the website at whichwasbetter.com. So we did it. We did. And thank you. And thank you everybody for listening and retweeting and sharing and your comments on these episodes. I very much appreciate you guys, um, each and every one of you that tune in um, every other week. So thank you for that. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.